Yeah, that's right. It's hump day, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Wednesday edition. Broadcasting coast to coast worldwide. It's the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. We're on the air. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, all you folks in Europe, all you folks in England, the UK, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, all my listeners up there in Sweden, all my listeners in Italy, France, Germany, you know, the world today is 180 degrees out of phase. The world today is topsy-turvy. The world today is not what we in Western, the Western world are used to seeing and hearing. It's completely gone awry. We, the people, we Europeans, we Americans, we New Zealanders, Australians, Canadians, we free people, we look at ourselves, we look at our brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, or children, and fellow patriots throughout our various countries, and we scratch our heads and we say, what the hell is going on here? Why are we on the run? Why are we turning and running away from this invasion that is coming into our country from the Middle East? Why are our leaders siding with Muslims, with Islam, with any other Tom, Dick, and Harry other than our own people or people of your respective country? Why are your leaders turning their backs on you? That is the question of the day. That is the question of the decade. Hell, that's the question of the century. What in the hell has gone wrong with the leadership in the Western world? Where have they, I don't know, where have they went to school? What has taught them this on how to lead in this way? Where do they get their ideas from? Why do they thumb their nose at the people they're supposed to govern in favor of people that are not even supposed to be in our countries, have invaded our country, come across our borders illegally, rushed our country, rushed our borders by the thousands, mainly men in Europe? Hell, it could be an army invading, and your government would say, come on in, and that's exactly what they're doing. If you see the pictures, if you look at the pictures of what is coming into Europe, it damn sure majority isn't women and children. It's men, full-grown men. Could this be an army under the guise of refugees? Hell yes, it could be, and it probably is. You know, ladies and gentlemen, here in America, we have a limp-wristed, spineless, I hate America, I hate Americans, I hate colonists, I hate Europe, individual in charge of our country. Barack Hussein Obama Jr. And he is running my country, fellow Americans' country, into the ground. He is siding with Muslims, with Islam, turning his back on Christians. Hell, he could give a rat's behind about Christians. He could. He attended a church for 20 years, ran by a, a, I hate America, I hate whitey, Reverend, as he called himself, Reverend Wright, who sided with black Muslim leader Louis Farrakhan. And Obama attended that church for 20 years. And he claims what Reverend Wright had to say about white America, what Reverend Wright had to say about America, it didn't rub off on Obama. He was his own man. He was a community organizer in the great city of Chicago. 
He was well versed on Marxism because he's, he was and is a pupil of Saul Alinsky, along with one of his other sidekicks, the secretary, the ex Secretary of State, Hillary Rotten Clinton. She too is a pupil of Saul Alinsky, has been since her college days when she was called Little Miss Commie on campus. You know, ladies and gentlemen, when the news media, going off on another direction here, when the news media interviews Hillary Rotten Clinton, they pitch her softballs. To all you in Europe, that means that they give her easy questions to ask her, answer, like, uh, what's your favorite song? Or what's your favorite food? Or what do you do to relax, Ms. Hillary? It's never asked of her. Why did you turn your back on those men in Benghazi? Why did you have that server in a bathroom in some mom and pop store? Why were you hiding and accumulating top secret information on that illegal server? Can you answer any of those questions, Ms. Hillary? Those questions are never asked. Now, if that was a Republican or a conservative, that would be the first questions out of their mouth, regardless of what the issue would be. If they, the media, the propaganda arm of the Communist Democrat Party, the mainstream media, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, public broadcasting, and yes, Fox News in some instances now becoming more so than not, if they could turn around an issue and destroy the character of a conservative or one that is running for the not on the Republican side for the office of president, they would do it, and they would do it with a grin on their face. No softball questions. None whatsoever. They would be as asking all the hard questions. And if that person was, person was guilty of such a thing as... Uh, hiding a illegal server in their bathroom in some mom-and-pop store with top-secret information on it, asking those questions would be in the right way to do it. Would be the, the media would be right for doing it. But you see, it's lopsided. It's only one way. It, those types of questions, like I said, are only directed to those in the conservative movement, the Republican Party. Never Democrats, ever. Are they ever called on the carpet by the mainstream media? Ladies and gentlemen, I've said it many times and I'm going to say it again. A long time ago on my radio show, I coined the phrase, and when I was referring to the mainstream media, I coined the phrase, mainstream media is Pravda West. Pravda West, the old propaganda arm of the USSR when it comes to communicating with the people. When it came to news outlets, when it came to television, radio, Prava, uh, Pravda West was in charge. And they spun the Politburo, the party line, the communist line. If it was bad news, they made it good news. If it was good news, they made it even better. But they never told the truth. They never, ever told the truth. And that's the way the mainstream media is here in the United States of America today. They never tell the truth when it comes to circling the wagons for somebody in the Republican, Dem, excuse me, Democrat Party who's under attack. They circle the wagons and immediately go into propaganda mode, misinformation mode, 
and out comes the party line. All those truths are spun into lies. And it makes those individuals in the Democrat Party look like they're being attacked for no reason at all. Just made up by the Republicans or the conservatives. They're just after Hillary because they don't like her. She's a non-starter as far as they're concerned because she doesn't stand what they stand for what they stand for. Pretty in pink, if you will, when she's under attack. This last news media re, uh, re- reviewer interview with her on ABC was a freaking joke. It was a joke. She tried to act tough. She tried to act like she got had a set of kahunas between her legs. She tried to act like, by God, I want to kick some ass here. Those Demo- those Republicans are just coming after me. And I'm sick and tired of them taking me and Bill to the cleaners on stuff we never said or done. But you know what's really sad here in America? And I would say, probably you folks in Europe would say the same thing about your leaders and a lot of the your fellow Europeans, whether it be your fellow Frenchmen or your fellow Italians or Germans or Englishmen. You scratch your head and you say, how can those people stand with these individuals that are so much against our country? In Hillary's case, how can so many people by the millions fall on their sword each and every day to protect the lies and the hate and the misinformation and disinformation that comes out of Hillary Rotten Clinton's mouth? You know, ladies and gentlemen, she has been in one scandal after another since the day she graduated from college, right up to present day. There probably hasn't been six months to a year that she has, or her husband has, or both of them haven't been in some kind of scandal where they have to lie their way out of it and have to rely on mainstream media for to protect their backs and lie for them. Go to bat for them. NBC's in bed with them. ABC's right behind them. CBS is wallowing around in the cesspool with them. And they have for decades. Then you get somebody that comes along. Not a politician. Not in bed with any of these folks. His own man. His own money. Donald Trump. Ted Cruz. Ben Carson. They tell the truth. They shine the light of truth. On these lying SOBs on the left. And the media goes after them immediately. The media goes after them in character assassination mode. The media goes after them to make anything that they say, anything that comes out of their mouth, I'm talking about Carson, Trump, or Cruz, anything that comes out of their mouth that is the truth, the media spins it automatically, spinning it into a lie, spinning it into hate speech, spinning it into racism or homophobia. You heard Joe Biden the other day when he talked about Republicans and homophobia. I tell you who has the real homophobia. I tell you who really has the real homophobia. It's the liberals, the Democrat Party. They have the homophobia of being uh, identified as anything but homophobes. They like the idea that they are in bed with their homophobe buddies and homophobe uh, girls or whatever you want to call them. They love it. And to be identified in any other way, well, they, don't, they wouldn't know what to do. Look at Joe Biden. 
He accuses the Republicans of being homophobic. You know what? Being homophobic is a word that was invented by homophobes. Those homophobes were the homosexuals that were scared to death that society would not accept them for what they are, their perverted lifestyles. So they're the ones who became homophobic. They were scared to death that the majority of Americans would not accept them as just a, another branch in a, a tree of human beings where they, they just have as many rights and they have as uh, many this and many that and should be accepted for what they are and their lifestyles, their perverted lifestyles. They're the real homophobes. They're scared of their lifestyle. That's why they call themselves gays. They don't call themselves homosexuals. They call themselves gays. That's a more acceptable word by the straight people of America or Europe. Homosexual? Don't ever call me a homosexual. You know, ladies and gentlemen, when you look at the left, you have to laugh. If it wasn't so scary, you would have to laugh at them. They are so ignorant, so shallow, so thin-skinned, so one way, that they are just absolutely incapable, incapable of acting like a real human being. They claim to be the most intelligent people on, on the face of the planet, and actually, if you get down, if you get right down to it, they don't know much more than the party line. They don't know much more than what has been dictated to them, because you see, they, they act and speak like robots. They're shallow. This, they're, they're shallow people. And they live by the uh, mantra, my way or the highway, when it comes to free speech. Free speech is fine and good as long as you agree with them. And their perverted lifestyles or their uh, murder in the womb or things of those issues. If you agree with them, you're one of them. You're okay. But if you differ or you argue against what they believe in, it's my way or the highway. They either turn you right off, don't listen, even though you present hardcore facts and they move on to something else, or they turn around and call you every name in the book. That is their defense. Homophobe, racist. You hate the us people because we have a different way of looking at life. And on and on and on it goes. And the media? Why hell, the media extends that train of thought into our news into our publications, into the Hollywood scene, the whole nine yards. They're all in bed together, ladies and gentlemen. The left, the homophobes, the which are really the homosexuals, the mainstream media, the Communist Democrat Party, they're all wallowing around in the same bed of perversion, debauchery, lies, deceit, and hate. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after the Phyllis Schlafly Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, champion of grassroots conservatism, and author of 25 books, including A Choice, Not an Echo, Who Killed the American Family, The Supremacist, which uncovers the dangers of activist judges in our court system, and Turbo Reader, the popular phonics teaching system. Now here's the founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. Colleges today are havens of left-wing thought, and those who go against the flow are often discriminated against. 
Political correctness is usually the rule on campus. At the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, some Muslim students wanted to make sure that no student was allowed to see a movie that they claim make them feel unsafe. The movie American Sniper tells the story of Navy SEAL Chris Kyle, an American hero. When a proposed campus screening was scheduled on the university campus, members of the Muslim Student Association signed a letter of protest against the showing and sent it to the student group that planned to host the event. This protest was signed by only 200 students of the 43,000 students who attend that university. Nevertheless, when the group received the protest letter, they canceled the showing and planned to replace the showing of American Sniper by a showing of the children's movie Paddington about a make-believe bear. Their letter to the administration said, As adults at a public university, we should have the option to view this movie if we so choose and come to our own conclusions. Most Americans believe that students should not be censored in the name of political correctness. Michigan's head football coach, Jim Harbaugh, said that the football team would watch American Sniper regardless of what the administration decided. Harbaugh said he is proud of Chris Kyle and proud to be an American, and if that offends anybody, then so be it. Harbaugh was immediately criticized by Muslim students, but he firmly stood his ground. In the end, the University of Michigan administrators chose to allow both American Sniper and Paddington to be shown and let the students make their own choice. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. Because they fear being labeled as bigots, most political and religious leaders are afraid to speak out in public against Muslim extremists. That's why only a grassroots movement can sound the alarm on radical Islamic terrorism. Will your voice be heard? Read, follow, and add to the blog at eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Restoration Radio UK. Stephen Lang, Gary Gatehouse. Getting ready to reboot the mission. Stay tuned. Listen to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on Restoration Radio, United Kingdom International, every day of the week and twice on the weekends. <laughs> Let's reboot that mission. All my brothers and sisters over there in the UK, all you folks that hang around the pubs down there in London, it's time to reboot the mission. That's right, it's time to reboot the mission. All you folks in Great Britain, all you folks in England, you've got to tune in to the Restoration Radio United Kingdom International Internet Radio Station owned and operated by Mr. Stephen Lang, a true patriot, a guy, a man, if you will, for all seasons. The guy has got it all going. Him and his buddies over there, him and his blokes over there, have got the patriot movement going on in England. I talk with Mr. Stephen Lang at least two or three times a week. And he is telling me just how bad of a situation it is in England, especially down there in his hometown of London. 
Now, a lot of you folks don't know it, but I lived in England for the better part of the decade of the 70s. I fell in love with that country and its people. And to hear what is coming about or going down in England makes me very sad. Makes me very sad indeed. You British over there, you Englishmen, have been known for decades for your stiff upper lip, your bulldog attitude. Where has it gone? Where has that bulldog attitude gone? Are you just going to roll over on your back and just give up? Let your country go down the tube? Let your so-called leadership in the parliament tell you that they are siding with Muslims and Islam and are selling you out and you're over a thousand years of tradition and history? Is that what it's all about, England? Is that what it's all about? Now, I don't have much room to talk, being a Yank from the other side of the pond. But a lot of Yanks didn't have the opportunity I had to live amongst the British folks on an everyday basis, to go motor racing with them, hang out at the pubs, do the pro call, uh, uh, pub crawls, the whole nine yards with them. Hell, when I left there, I was talking more like a, a British person than a, than a Yank. I love those people. I still do. And to see their country be pulled down, pulled down into the depths of, I don't know what to call it, international squalor, I guess. To see that once great country being pushed around by a bunch of Islam, Muslim, Koran, praying, prayer rug, mosque praying idiots. Come on, come on, England. Come on, England, get her back together. Get the Union Jack up there again. Be proud of your country. Your country has a lot of stuff that's gone on in the past that have been so positive on the rest of the world. For a small island, your country was the, and its language was the international language of the whole world and still is. You have so much to be proud of. I know your country had dark days just like everybody else's did. But when you look at the pluses and the minuses, the pluses are way up there. Come on, England. Come on, you blokes over there. Of course, I'm a Yank. Of course, I live on the other side of the pond. Of course, I'm, I don't have my feet on the ground, boots on the ground, or whatever you want to call it in your country, but it, that country is a beloved country of mine. I consider that my second home. And I hate to see it go down the tube. I hate to see it being pushed around by a bunch of third world trash and by a bunch of do nothing, I don't care, I don't give a damn politicians and media, the BBC. You know, you could see socialism raising its ugly head in England back in the 70s. It became more paramount every day that Socialism was the way to go with nationalized health care, nationalized businesses, British petroleum, etc. But I think I see a glimmer of hope that the British folks are finally waking up to the realize that socialism isn't what it was all cut out to be. 
And they're finally waking up to the fact that their government has turned its back on them, just like the government here in the United States has turned its back on all of us Yanks, all of us patriots here. But what's really sad about my country that I can observe every day, 24-7 if I like, is the attitude of the majority of the American people. The American people in its majority don't seem to give a damn. Don't seem to have an idea. I have people tell me I don't even listen to the news anymore. I don't know what's going on and I don't care. Now in one way I can understand where they're coming from. The majority of the news is nothing more than propaganda and lies, spin. But if a person here in the United States with all this great technology that we are afforded all over the world, really, if any individual is interested in finding the truth, they can find it. They can find it. They can get around the spin. They can get around the lies and the character assassinations. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, here in my country... In America, the old saying, fat, dumb, and happy, is the operative words here. Americans are fat, dumb, and happy for the most part. They don't want to hear what is really going down in their country. They do not want to hear about all those issues that really, sometime down the road in the very, very near future, are going to impact on them and their children and their communities and their country. I guess they live from day to day. When that time comes, they'll either drop out or deal with it. And I suspect they'll drop out. America is a drop-out society. If they don't agree with something, they don't try to combat it. They don't argue the point against it. They just drop out. They use the old adage, I am got the time. I wouldn't give that guy or girl uh, uh, the time of day. It's not in my lexicon to argue. I don't argue anymore. I don't judge. I don't want to judge. See, we've been dumbed down so much here in America. We don't know what is up and what is down anymore. Somebody could come along and tell us what is up is really down and we'd buy it. And somebody could come along a week later and say what is really down is up and we'd buy that. Because the attention span of the average American is probably a couple of nanoseconds at best. You know, I harp about this all the time, about my fellow Americans. But if you look around, if you look around, patriots, and you take notice or take the time to look at what America is saying and not saying, and who's leading them by the nose, it's, it's just unbelievable. There are more people today buying into what Putin is doing than getting after Obama for not doing anything. Getting out of our, after our Congress for sitting on their hands. They would rather go with uh, Vladimir Putin, a damn communist. Yes, a communist. Ex-KGB agent. Oh, he looks like he's up, he's, he's doing something. He's bombing ISIS. He's doing this, he's doing that. He makes Obama look like a fool. Yes, he does. Obama don't give a damn. Why should we give a damn if he makes Obama look like a fool? 
But we should give a damn on what Putin's up to. We should not be arguing his point. We should be arguing against what Putin is up to. Not just in the Middle East, but the worldwide scene. And I've said this many times too, most Americans today don't have a dog in the fight. They don't have a dog in the fight. They don't have anybody that's involved at any level at combating all those issues and all those individuals inside and outside our country that would love to destroy America. Americans, for the most part, the majority don't have a dog in the fight. Whether it be a member of their family in the military, a member of their family working hard behind the scenes in some conservative news outlet or whatever, they don't have a dog in the fight. And the only dog that so-called conservatives have in the fight, they would like to think it's a dog in the fight, is when they go up and post on Facebook or Twitter. And they make all these these statements and all these cutesy uh, postings. There, I told them by God, and I got 4,000 likes. I got 2,000 followers. I got a dog in the fight. Sure you do. But I have to admit, I'm just as guilty of that as anybody else, but I'll be one of few that will admit it. Will admit it. And before we leave to go to break, I'd like to say one thing about social outlets, if you want to call them that. Social media. Facebook, Twitter being the top two. They can be used as a tool. They can be used as a concentrated effort by a majority of conservatives out there all on the same page. They can use it as a tool to lambast, impugn, go after, and shine the light of truth on this liberal, socialist, Marxist, progressive bunch that is in the majority, I would say, in the United States of America today. And to shine the light of truth on all these so-called conservatives who call themselves conservatives, but in reality, they're nothing but sunshine patriots. When the sun's out and the breeze is blowing favorably, they're right there with us. When the storm clouds follow them and it's raining on us, they're in the house playing video games. You know what I mean. You get what I mean, don't you? This is Gary Gatehouse. With the Gary Gatehouse Wednesday show, Hump Day. Hump Day in America. Hump Day in Europe. Hump Day in the free world. We'll be back after a few short, and I mean short, messages. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did... It'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, 
Ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors, it's the least you can do. Folks, why won't we go to the doctor? My uncle called, speech all slurred, complaining his arms numb. He called everyone. He even called my daughter, Tierra, because, you know, she's got a year of nursing. <laughs> everyone thinks he needs to go to the doctor, including me. So he said, well, will you take me? I'm like, I'm on the road. He goes, I'll wait. <laughs> Stroke's no joke. Dial 911. Time loss is brain loss. Seriously, dial 911. Visit strokesnojoke.org, brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. That's right, the old days. That's when we cruised the drive-ins, Cherry Coke, going to the drive-ins, seeing two movies, maybe three. Those days are gone, but not forgotten. You know, folks, the latest poll that came out today, oh, it was yesterday, and they were talking about what America, here in America, what Americans are concerned about when it comes to issues, when it comes to things that impact them and their families or them as individuals. What do you think the biggest worry with the American people is today? It's the economy. With all the propaganda and all the misinformation and disinformation that the Obama regime, in unison with the mainstream media, the propaganda arm of the Communist Democrat Party, and all the lies and all the bogus and phony numbers that they have been hitting the American people between the eyes and in the pocketbooks and in the billfolds for going on seven years now, none of those lies, none of that propaganda has worked. It does not resonate with the American people. They understand, the majority of us do, that still have to work, still have to go earn a dollar, still looking for a job because Obama's regime made damn sure that our jobs that we were in were done away with, whatever the situation may be. We understand the economy. We understand that our billfolds, our pocketbooks are pretty damn lean. And as folks that are on welfare, assistance, whatever you call it, that don't want to be there, we want the hell off of it. We want to get back to work. Now I ask you this. All you individuals out there that are working two and three part-time jobs just to make ends meet, all you individuals out there that were making a pretty damn good living before Obama came on the scene, and are now working jobs like flipping hamburgers or working as an assistant manager of some mom-and-pop store or something, how do you like it now? Can you understand where our country is right now at this moment? We're at the bottom of the heap. And you folks that were once living the, the life of a good middle-class American citizen that are now in the doldrums and down into the depths of poverty and welfare and part-time jobs, and you want the hell out. You want your job back. You want your lifestyle back. You want your country back. What the hell are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Complain? Now you have candidates in front of you that are re- running for the Republican Party. You have two or three candidates that are in front of you that are re- running for the Communist Democrat Party. You got Bernie Sanders, a socialist, that will promise you everything. But the question has to be asked, Bernie, who in the hell is going to pay for it? You know, socialism is nothing more than an ideology that lowers every individual down to the same level of misery. 
except for a few elitists that will be sitting in their ivory towers looking down at us, dictating to us how we should live our lives and doling out what monies they believe we should have and not have, what schools we should go to, what education we should have, on and on and on. Now, Rush Limbaugh says that the Democrat Party does nothing wants nothing to do with Bernie Sanders because he is a self-identified socialist. And the Democrat Party is trying to pass themselves off as standing back away from Bernie Sanders and saying, he's a socialist, but we're not. No, they're communist. The Democrat Party is communist. Oh, yeah, they call themselves progressives or, or liberals or whatever the hell, but they're communists. And Bernie Sanders is the only one in the Communist Party, the Democrat Party, affiliated with, votes with, caucuses with, that admits what he is. But we folks who pay attention know what the Democrat Party is. It's the Communist Democrat Party. And they take every opportunity they can to cover that up. They use whatever brand they can get out there to hoodwink the American people into thinking they are not communist. They are just a party that thinks different than the rest of us do. If you look at the plight of all those individuals under the Communist Democrat Party that are on the welfare plantation, that have no jobs, that are working two and three part-time jobs, how did they get there? Some have been on there for decades and decades. Some have had two and three generations grow up under the welfare system, never getting off of it. How did they get there? They were placed there a long time ago by an ideology that convinced them that the Democrat Party was the way to go because they were going to take care of them. They were going to take care of them and their kids. They were going to make sure they had good educations because they promised they promised those people every two years, every four years, just re-elect me Democrat, and I'll get you out of that ghetto. I'll get you out there in the mainstream media, uh, mainstream life. I'll get you a good job. Just elect me. And they've been telling people that for decades. And what's really sad, those people, and I have to admit, it's a race of people. For the most part, it's a black community that buys into it. They can never see anything other than those that control the Communist Democrat Party, giving them what they really need, all the essentials to survive. A little check in the mail given to them by the Communist Democrat Party, so they think. Paid for that check, the Communist Democrat Party paid for it. No, the taxpayers paid for it. The ones still working. I have to admit, ladies and gentlemen, the Communist Democrat Party has it all together. They do. They're well organized. Down to the lowest organization pushing that movement, pushing the Democrat Party, pushing all that the Democrat Party stands for. All those organizations, those left-wing organizations out there at whatever level. But I'm going to concentrate mainly on those that are right below the national level. When I say the national level, I'm talking about the Communist Democrat Party itself, the mainstream media, the propaganda arm of the Communist Democrat Party, Hollywood, 
and our educational system, our public school ed, uh, educational system, owned and operated and paid for through our hard-earned money by the Communist Democrat Party, operated under the guise of the National Education Association, change agents, those things that used to be referred to, those people used to be referred to as teachers, they're not teachers anymore, they're change agents. They're there, they're pushed to party line, because you see, that's where all their money comes from. That's where they go when they need support. They go to the Communist Democrat Party. You think they go to the Republican Party? And where do all the dues, the union dues, the largest union in the United States, the NEA, where does the majority of those dues go to? The Communist Democrat Party. You scratch my back, we'll scratch yours. And what is the Communist Democrat Party? It lobbies continuously almost for more money for education. We need more money for education, yet our kids coming out of school are dumber than hell. A lot of the uh, statistics internationally show that our kids couldn't, couldn't even stand or operate or be within the same room as other kids from other countries. Those kids have it all over ours as far as education, knowledge, etc. Our kids have been dumbed down. Yet the Communist Democrat Party says, we need more money for education. Obama says, we need more money for education. And some, some in the Republican Party, the progressives in the Republican Party, and some who are running for president, we need more money for education. Where does that money go when it goes into the education coffers? It goes to the Department of Education, then it is funneled down into the school districts throughout the United States, into the pockets of school administrators and change agents. Change agents. What we used to call teachers. Those teachers and those administrators pay their NEA dues by the millions. And where does that money go? It makes a full circle again, right back into the Communist Democrat Party's coffers. It start out. It starts out as American taxpayer money goes through the board of goes through the Department of Education, funneled down through the school districts of the United States as federal money, and is turned right through or laundered into donations via NEA's wages, NEA's dues. And it goes right back to the Democrat Party. Money laundering. All legit. All looking good. They can stand up there and say, we are doing everything we can to make little Billy and little Mary more educated. And we are working tirelessly to do it. We just need more money. Send more money, taxpayer. Give us more money. We need it by the millions. We need it by the billions. Mom and Dad, you've been convinced over the decades I remember back in the 70s and 60s and the 80s and the commercials that come out. It's a duty of the parents to do whatever they have to do to get little Billy and Mary into college. It's your duty. I don't give a damn if you have to hawk the house. Because you see, if you don't, if little Billy or Mary has to go out into the world without a college education... They'll end up in a booger stand flipping hamburgers. They'll end up uh, washing cars. They'll be non-useful people of America, citizens of America, not contributing. But if they go to college and they learn how 
what uh, liberal arts teaches them or whatever, or be, female studies or whatever the case may be, they will be good citizens, upright citizens, indoctrinated citizens, citizens that are well-versed on what communism is because that is their new religion. Taught to them as curriculum in the colleges throughout the United States by communist and Marxist and progressive professors. Curriculums written by the National Education Association. Now, I've talked about this in length on many, 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 many of my shows throughout the whole tenure of me being on the air from 2007 to today. I've warned the American people, I've warned parents about the fallacy, the lies that the NEA, the Communist Democrat Party, have told the American people when it comes to education. They're all lies. Because like I said, and I'll say it again, our public school system is not public schools. It's public schools slash indoctrination clinics ran by change agents. Owned and operated and paid for by the American taxpayer dollar. Staffed with NEA change agents in our schools. They used to be called teachers back in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Not anymore. Not anymore. Common Core? How many of you out there have actually looked at Common Core and what it really means? How it impacts on your kid? How it impacts on the the, uh, moral values of your child? How many of you people out there that have children in public school actually went to the schoolhouse and had a look, an in-depth look at the curriculums being taught your child? Had a look at the people that are teaching your children. Sorry, I mean indoctrinating your children. How many of you parents out there sit down with your kids on a daily basis when they come home from school and they have education, uh, sorry, homework for the night? How many of you have sit down and actually taken the time to go through their school studies, their school books, and look at what they are being taught? I venture to say not many of you have done that. Oh yeah, there's a minority of parents out there that homeschool. God bless every one of them. God bless them. They are giving their children a true education, not an indoctrination. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, all you veterans out there, all you active duty folks, all you folks in England, all you folks in Europe, New Zealand, Australia, Canada. All you folks that tune in to the Gary Gatehouse radio show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I appreciate every one of you. I appreciate all your support. I appreciate your emails I get. But I have to say this. We are in a minority. We are, as some people would say, and it seems like it more and more every day, pissing in the wind. Because it seems like the majority of people in the free world today just don't get it. They look at things today and they look at their lifestyles and they say, this will never end. This is written in stone. They can never destroy what I have. They can't take my stuff. I'll just go along to get along. And I'll be okay. 
That kind of attitude is going to get your country, our country, my country, already has in big trouble. Because we have leaders inside our country and we have people outside our country that recognize that Americans are fat, dumb, and happy. Americans think or have the thoughts ingrained in their little pea brains that we're Americans and nobody can destroy us, nobody can take our freedoms, nobody can undermine America because we're too big, we're too strong, we're too big to fail. But you know, folks, that belief someday is going to jump up and bite you right square in the ass. And I believe if we don't sh- if we don't shape up real quick, if we don't get our act together real quick and start acting like Americans should act and start coming together as a nation, as a people, we're in big trouble. We are going to see the repercussions of our lifestyles. We're going to see the repercussions coming down the line of how we look at America, how we look at our freedoms, and our careless, I don't give a damn attitude. It's going to jump up and kick us right square in the teeth. And when it does, there's there's not going to be any turning around and getting things straight then. It's going to be too damn late. Before we go to break, we're coming up on the hour. One last thing. All you people out there that have children... All you people out there that love your country. All you people out there that have worked tirelessly to get where you're at in life. Whether it be owner and operator of a small business, working for a big corporation, whatever whatever the case may be. The majority of you, I'm sure, are proud of what you achieved in life. I'm sure that you're proud to look at your children or look at yourselves in the mirror and say, I done this. Now Obama said you didn't. But you know down deep in your heart you did. Regardless of what that lop-eared silver-tongued devil from the south side of Chicago says, you know that you achieved. And you're proud of what you have or accomplished. There are so many Americans out there that have given up on the dream of being something they would always wanted to be in life. A fireman, an astronaut, a business owner, a good mom or a good dad, whatever the case may be, they've given up on it. They've cashed in or all in on not believing in the American dream anymore. They think it doesn't exist. You know, America, that attitude is rising every day. The attitude of the American people is almost at the point where they just throw their hands up and say, I quit. I give up. I've had it. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't give a damn. I don't want to hear the news. Let somebody else worry about it. I don't care. And you know, when we finally get to the point where that when that is the majority, and we're probably there right now, this country is doomed. It's finished. It's kaput. When you have a minority, which I believe there is out there, that still believe in the American dream, 
And they're pushing America along the best they can. All based on their hopes and dreams of achieving more, being more, making their country, our country better. And this whole scenario goes to those you are in Europe or in England or wherever. If that minority finally gives up as well, then we're done, we're finished. If you hearken back to the days of the revolution and before that actually transpired, and you look at the individuals that sat in the pubs and sat in the town halls back in the colonial days up, up there on the East Coast, and they were talking about how the king was, the king of England was not listening to them, how the king of England was turning his back on them, calling them names, threatening with all kinds of punishment, etc. And they sat around and discussed how they could get around that, how they could form their own government, how they could make things right with their populations. It wasn't the majority thinking that. that. It was the minority. When the war on the, the war, the Revolutionary War started, it wasn't the majority of colonists that were doing the war and fighting. It was the minority of colonists doing it. They're the ones that drug everybody else, the majority around, to thinking, eventually, after the war was won, the majority bought into it because they didn't have a dog in the fight to start with, but now they did. They had a country and all those uh, my people that were in the minority that fought and died and won a country and started a new country. Well, by God, I'm going to take advantage of it. And they did. Do you think the minority, the ones that fought the war and died and lost their property and so on, do you think that they complained and said, we don't want you here, leave? No, they welcomed them with open arms. Do you think the minority here today that are fighting tooth and nail with all those who would want to destroy this country, people from inside and outside the country, people uh, in our political parties that we are waging political warfare on, on the battlefield of politics every day, do you think when we finally overcome all of us, us minority that are fighting these wars, do you think we're going to tell the majority to take a hike? We're going to t- do you think that we're going to tell them we fought all these wars while you sat on your ass, sat on your hands, hid under your desk, didn't open your mouth, didn't say a thing? No, we won't. We'll welcome you with open arms. But when that time comes, comes, and it will, there is going to be an attitude check. There's going to be an attitude check because what got us in this situation today and us minority, us folks that are fighting it tooth and nail, we won't welcome back into the fold anybody that still buys into the lies, deceit, the propaganda, misinformation, disinformation, and all the ideologies that are floating around in the Communist Democrat Party, progressives, Marxists, whatever. We won't welcome them back in the fold. They're the ones that started the whole damn mess in the first place. And all those individuals that sit on their hands, they're going to have to get up off their ass and get to work putting the country back on the main road again. That's the way it's going to be. And before that happens, the crap is really going to hit the fan. And who is standing when it's over? And who is leading the country when it's over? That's the way that country is going to be, our country, America. 
And all of us people in the minority that still love our country, still believe in our Constitution, still believe in our way of life, still believe in Christianity, still believe in the family, the true family, still believe in all those things that made America great. When the dust settles, we're going to be standing tall. We are going to be standing tall. And all you little peons, all you little limp-wristed, spineless little piggies that ran and hide ran and hid under your desk or tried to carry on your socialist, progressive, Marxist ideas and didn't succeed, you're going to be sitting in a corner whimpering because you don't, won't know how to react to what true America really is when political correctness has gone by the wayside. Communist, socialist, Marxist, progressive gone by the wayside. And all the little tools that you on the left, you little piggies use to try to shut people up like racism and homophobia, gone by the wayside, gone, destroyed. That day's coming. That day's coming. And all you people on the left that think you've got everything your way, my way or the highway, you've got another thing coming. Because I tell you what, A new day will be dawning soon. This is Gary Gatehouse of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Wednesday edition. We're coming up to the hour. And that means uh, five-minute news. Coming up in the second hour, we're going to have Ricky Rasmussen, our voice, latest exclusive report on the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on what is going down in South Africa when it comes to the white folks there and that all-black, for the most part, South African government. A lot of atrocities being committed, a lot of things going down that our media refuses to report, but Mrs. Rasmussen has the wherewithal and the bravery to do it, to step up and do it. And it would behoove every freedom lover in America to listen to what she has to say. For the simple reason what's going on there is probably going to be going on here, if not already started, here in America. Make sure you listen. Be the second hour. Ricky, Ricky Rasmussen, our voice. Exclusive report from, the, from the South Africa here on the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. And one more last thing. If you want to contact the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show or you want to talk to Gary Gatehouse, all you have to do is get on your computer Use the following email address to send me whatever comment, whatever you want to say to Gary. Gary Gatehouse at hush, H-U-S-H dot com. Gary Gatehouse at hush, H-U-S-H dot com. Drop me an email. Now, I get quite a few. I average three or four hundred a week, sometimes more, sometimes less. From all over the world. And I enjoy reading them as many as I can. And I answer as many as I can. So don't forget, if you want to talk to Gary Gatehouse, make a comment. Gary Gatehouse at Hush. H-U-S-H dot com. This is Gary Gatehouse, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Broadcasting on the GAL Network from South Texas. FreedomInAmericaRadio.com. FreedomInAmericaRadio.us and Restoration Radio International. We'll be right back.
You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Gary will be back after the clock's five-minute news break. News Radio, I'm Tom Graham. It's all we own. What we got on us now is all we own. Hey, it's another night overnight in emergency shelters for many in flood-ravaged Carolinas. 40,000 without clean drinking water. Fox News reporter Garrett Tenley in Conway, South Carolina. A lot of the homes, they're built on stilts. That's because they are used to flooding. But this isn't your typical type of flooding. This is near-record floods that we're seeing. The Department of Natural Resources, they have been out going nonstop, working to reach everyone here in this neighborhood, check on them, as well as to help anyone who hasn't got out already and wants to, to be able to leave. Historic flooding leaving 17 dead. A Texas inmate put to death, Juan Martin Garcia, convicted for the 1998 murder of another man, robbing him of just $8, the execution the 11th this year in Texas. Taking the blame, Pentagon officials are apologizing for a deadly airstrike on a hospital in Afghanistan. A profound tragedy. That's how the White House described the deadly airstrike in Afghanistan that destroyed a hospital and killed 22 people. The Pentagon has taken responsibility for the attack on a facility run by the group Doctors Without Borders. DOD officials say the mistake came in response to a call for help by U.S.-backed Afghan troops. The medical charity group is demanding an independent investigation into what it's calling a war crime. At the White House, Kevin Cork, Fox News Radio. The top U.S. commander in Afghanistan says it may be necessary to keep more than 1,000 American troops in the country longer than expected. General John Campbell telling lawmakers conditions have changed. Baseball October action. The Astros having little trouble with the Yankees in the AL wildcard game. And a swing and a ground ball to short. Big hop for Correa. And the Astros have advanced to the division series against Kansas City. The call on ESPN. Houston shutting out New York. Three zero. You're listening to Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. Peekaboo, peekaboo, smile, smile, buddy. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. It's a new approach to a growing problem. A New Hampshire lawmaker wants a public list. He hopes it will help stop the spread of opioid addiction in the state. New Hampshire Representative Jack Flanagan says heroin dealers in the Granite State should be registered the same way as sex offenders. They will have to register with their chief of police in the town they live in. But the state's attorney general is questioning how constitutional such a list would be. It could be. We'll deal with that when it comes. Meanwhile, an advocate for drug legalization says a dealer registry would be a throwback to the unsuccessful war on drugs of the 1980s and only make the hole deeper for offenders who are trying to get their lives together. 
In Boston, Bill Marcus, Fox News Radio. New research finds that stream wildfire seasons are nothing new for the Rocky Mountain region. That's according to University of Wyoming scientists who say severe wildfire outbreaks also happened hundreds of years ago after global temperature upticks. NFL Week 4 now in the books as the league prepares for Week 5. Injuries loom large once again. Cowboys running back Lance Dunbar, who's actually second on the team in receiving yards, is out for the season. He hurt his knee Sunday night on NBC. His knee really buckled underneath him, and then the elbow hits down, so he's fine. The ball, he just threw the ball away in pain. You can see that left knee buckling. It's those dreaded three letters, a torn ACL. Dunbar joined star receiver Des Bryant and quarterback Tony Romo on the sidelines. Bills running back Carlos Williams is in the NFL's concussion protocol. Buffalo signing Dan Boom Heron is insurance with LaShawn McCoy also sidelined by a hamstring injury. And Washington tight end Jordan Reed's status is uncertain. He has a concussion as well as a knee injury. Chris Honig. Fox News Radio. A white police officer in New Jersey appealing his firing from the force. Anthony Caruso was canned for calling Newark's black mayor a gorilla. It happened on Facebook. Officer's attorney says it had nothing to do with race. I'm Tom Graham, Fox News Radio. Well, looky here, a new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Well, welcome back to the second hour of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Hump Day in America. You know, the uh, Second Amendment's back on the table again. Uh, the liberals, the socialists, the Marxists, the progressives, the Communist Democrat Party, they brought it forward again because of that shooting up there in Oregon. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it seems like every time there is a shooting anywhere in the United States, the liberals have got to go to bat, got to come on the... Uh, Broadcast networks and talk about taking away the guns of people here in America. Doing away with the Second Amendment. Obama's on board. The Democrat Party's on board. All you leftists are on board. Let me ask you this. You say you want to do away with the Second Amendment. You say you want to do away with guns in the hands of the American citizenry. Let me ask you this, Obama. Let me ask you this, Congress. All you on the left. How about we take the guns out of the hands of the Secret Service agents, tell them to holster them, better yet, tell them to do away with them. You no longer can carry them. How about we do away with all the guns that bodyguards carry to protect the Speaker of the House, the Congress, etc. You can't carry them anymore. Declare Congress and the White House a free gun zone. How about we take away guns of all the Hollywood elitists All their bodyguards no longer can they have the right to carry a gun to protect those Hollywood pukes out there. No longer anybody on the left or the right has the ability to carry a gun, whether it be concealed or on their hip or in their uh, nightstand or whatever. No longer take all guns out. Oh, and by the way, since we're going this far, we take the guns away from the military. It'll be a military, but they won't have any guns. And I'm sure all those people throughout the world that would want to do us harm will recognize the fact that our military no longer is armed, no longer has any guns, and they'll leave us alone. Right? All you liberal pukes, you little piggies, you little idiots on the left. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, if Obama wants to 
take away the right for we the people to protect ourselves, our property, our families, our children, then he has to do the same. He has to do away with all those who are armed that have been assigned to protect him. They can no longer carry any kind of weapon down to a pocket knife. They are no longer armed. If a Republican president come out and made that statement that he was going to do that via executive order, what do you think the media and what do you think the Democrat Communist Party would do? What do you think they would say? They would go berserk. You can't do that. You cannot let our uh, politicians, our president, walk the streets, go out in public unarmed. Why not? We're going to have to be unarmed. We, the people of America, we can no longer pick a gun up and protect ourselves from the crooks and the murderers and the rapists that want to break in or have or will break into our houses or uh, places of business or churches, etc. We can no longer do that. We can't protect ourselves anymore. It's against the law. Do you think the crooks, do you think those who would want to rape your family, your daughters, your sons, break into your house, steal everything you have, destroy property, etc., do you think that they're going to abide by all the gun laws, put them all down, put them away. Let's destroy them. Hell no, they won't. You know you can take every damn gun law that's ever been passed and print it out and paste it on a crook's body as he gets up in the morning. Do you think he's going to read these and say, I was going to rob a bank today. I'm still going to do it, but I I can't take my gun. I can't take my AR-15. I can't take my semi-automatic gun. I can't go in there anymore because this law says I can't. You know, you liberals on the left, you make me laugh. You're such freaking idiots. Do you think that Obama's going to assign a police officer to every business, to every household in America, and tell them you are now assigned to that family or business until you retire. Your main objective is to protect those people in that house from any harm. And oh, by the way, when the house is locked up for the day, your assignment is to go and protect that house. Sit in there all day and protect it. Somebody else will pick up the uh, protection of them while they're out on the street. Another cop we have assigned to the family to follow them around to the mall, to the shopping center, to school, whatever. We're going to have police everywhere protecting every individual 24-7. Here's another thought. Obama, how about you do away with all your weapons, your Secret Service folks, and from that day forward, you and Congress will rely on the Washington, D.C. City Police Force. When you're in pro, uh, in the midst of somebody taking pop shots at you or wanting to shoot you or blow up the Congress, pick the phone up and call the Washington, D.C. Police. See when they get there. I'm not saying that uh, they're going to be able to do anything for you since they're going to be unarmed as well. You see, nobody will have a weapon. Is that what you want, Mr. and Mrs. Liberal? Is that what you want, Mr. and Mrs. Communist, Mr. and Mrs. Progressive, members of the DNC, members of Congress, members of the Obama regime? Is that what you want? Well, it seems to be that it is. You know, gun control is a drum that Obama, the communist left, and the mainstream media, the propaganda arm of the left beats 24-7. 
Anytime one of these mass murders takes place, one of these mass shootings take place, they come out. They already have a printed script. They start on the run. They know what to say. Listen to what Keith Ellison, Democrat from Minnesota, a Muslim, said that the federal government should treat guns and gun deaths like a disease. Have a listen to what he has to say. Absolutely. I mean, look, we, we are leading the world on these in these gun deaths, and we're not doing anything about it. And people argue that because we can't stop every gun death, we can't stop any. That's not true. We could do background checks. Ninety percent of Americans believe that we can. We can eliminate these uh, high-capacity um, uh, magazines uh, that, that allow people to, allow them to spray a whole theater or something like that. There's a lot of things that we can do that we need to do. We let, should let the CDC give us statistics on how bad this what gun carnage is. What do you do about the fact that there's so many guns out there, that there's such a huge black man? I'm not kidding. The laws were so strict against yeah. my clients, but they always yeah. got guns. Yeah. Because we because they come across the boundary. That's yeah. why. Yeah. So we've got to have. Still going so to. we've got to. Ha- nope. That's we've got to do more than just city by city. This is something where we need a national policy, and we've got to treat it like it is a health You know, there's so much in that statement that uh, Keith Ellison, Muslim Democrat from Minnesota, said, you know, we've got to treat it like a disease. We've got to make sure we've got to make a national effort to pass laws that will take care of this. What he's saying is, if you read between the lines, we've got to pass a national law to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. And what he's really saying is we will never, ever be able to take guns away from criminals unless we go out and ransack every damn house and go through every damn drawer and closet of every home in America, every business, and find every gun and take it away from them. Do you think that'll still do away with the... Uh, access to guns by criminals? Hell no, it won't. Our brothers and sisters, uh, as the Hispanics call them from across the border, they'll just bring more in. And we'll allow them in because we're allowing them in every damn day. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Keith Ellison, and as I said before, Democrat from Minnesota, a Muslim, a elected Muslim, he said that treating this like a disease is what we're should do should be doing. We should be treating this like a disease. Congressman Ellison, liberalism is a disease. You are a you you're an idiot. You work inside the beltway. You're a blight to the whole people of America. People like you. You work inside the beltway community. In other words, Congress, which in itself is inflicted with a disease. And you know what? It spreads that disease each and every day via the mainstream media. Lies, misinformation, disinformation, propaganda. You, Mr. Ellison, are nothing more than a disease carrier. That disease being liberalism. And in your case, Mr. Ellison, the other disease you carry is the disease of Islam that infects via violence and hate. A disease... People who own guns is a disease. It's liberalism that's the disease in America. Liberalism. Be liberal. Let everything go. My way or the highway. Take away the guns. 
of all those Americans, those hillbillies, those people of the South, those people of the flyover country, those people in the Midwest, those people up north in the western states. They're the threat. They have the guns. Us people in the big cities, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Houston, and so on, we know how to take care of business. We are safe in these cities. Really? Check out Chicago. Who's killing each other in Chicago? It's thugs on the street, drug dealers. Did they go out and buy those guns legally? Did they register them? The ones that are shooting and killing innocent blacks, young and old, every damn day? Hell no, they didn't. They got them off the black market. They got them off people who brought them in from across the border. You people on the left want to disarm we, the people? You've got another thing coming, buddy. You have another thing coming. We have a right in the Constitution, Second Amendment, that says that we are under our own rights. We have the right to arm ourselves, to protect our families, to protect our treasure, our homes, our property from those who would want to kill us, rape our daughters and mothers and sisters, who would want to beat us to death with ball bats, guns, whatever. We have a right to protect ourselves. And you people on the left... If you feel so guilty that having a gun is something that you shouldn't have, if by chance you do have one, take it to your local cop, your local police precinct, and turn it in. And then if somebody's breaking in your house, waving a gun in your face, pick the phone up and call the police. They'll be there just in time to draw the chalk mark around your dead, cold body. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a few short messages. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Wednesday edition on freedominamericaradio.com, freedominamericaradio.us, Restoration Radio, United Kingdom International. We'll be right back. The American Heart Association presents Mon and Polly, the Better Fat Sisters. Mon, what's cooking? I'm famished. Here you are, Polly, my latest culinary creation. Mmm, these fish fillets look wonderful. Mon, I usually don't eat fried food. All that fat, you know. It's okay, they're grilled, and I use just a bit of a vegetable oil that's low in saturated fat. Does that really matter? It does. Oils like canola, corn, and olive mainly contain monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats, and they can help reduce bad cholesterol in your blood and lower your risk of heart disease and stroke. Did Mother tell you this? The American Heart Association told me. I found the recipe at heart.org slash face the fats. Are we going to eat or just talk about food? Look who's talking. I'm Mon. And I'm Polly. We're We're the the Better better Fat Sisters. Sisters. For more heart-healthy recipes, visit us at heart.org slash facethefats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Yeah, living in America. You know, folks, it's getting harder and harder for us patriots, us conservatives, us Christians to live. In this secular environment, this politically correct environment that we call America today, you know, the majority of the American people, I seen the other day where they're up in arms because of high prices they have to pay for rent a car. 
They're having a, dis- a conniption fit for the fact that certain rent-a-car companies are charging above what the American people think should be the right charge for them to rent one of their cars. Yet if you tell any American in the, in the uh, American scheme of things that, and as far as the economy goes, that our government under Barack Hussein Obama Jr., his minions in Congress, Obama's regime, are giving away a million plus to our enemy in Iran just to buy them out and hope they won't build nuclear weapons, a a billion dollars plus of taxpayer money, your money, my money, our hard-earned tax money, there's not even a whimper from the American people. The American people don't even speak out. Oh yeah, some do. Those are the minority. Those are the ones who are informed, who give a damn, and are concerned about our country, our economy, our military, our government, etc., but the majority of the American people, they're more interested in a fat ass named Kardashian, some reality show, or how much they're going to pay for a damn rent-a-car. And here we sit, here in America, twirling our thumbs, fat, dumb, and happy. And all the while, bullets are flying around us. People outside our borders want to break into our homes, our houses, better known as the American population's way of life, and kill us, cut our heads off. And the American people just poo-poo it off. They've got better things to do. They're more well-informed on what's going on in Hollywood, who's screwing who, what's going around on TV, who carries the ball faster and further than anybody else on the football field, than they are about what their government's up to, how they're being ripped off by their government, how their billfolds and their pocketbooks are being raped by the United States Congress, and how they take our taxpayer money and spend it however they damn well please, like a bunch of drunken sailors. And the American people, the majority of, sit around and worry about a damn charge price or price being charged as they see it too high for a damn rent-a-car. Then we have a president who wants to take our Second Amendment away. Obama is prepping more executive gun orders and control. He says it's a high priority and I will continue to do this. Now, Obama has called for new gun control laws from the White House this last Thursday after the uh, community college massacre in Rosenberg, Oregon. Obama has taken his national broadcast rant against we the people, against gun rights and Second Amendment after the Oregon community college shooting to his White House desk and now is prepping for a series of Second Amendment crackdowns via Second via his executive order. Circumventing we the people, circumventing Congress, who wouldn't do a damn thing anyway. And he's sitting down at his desk with his pen and phone, and he's getting ready to rip the Second Amendment out of the Constitution. Undermine it, dilute it, whatever he can via executive order. It's a high priority, said White House Press Secretary Josh Earnest at a press conference and will continue to be until we start to see more progress on this issue in this town. Now, Obama's chief liar and propagandist, Press Secretary Josh Ernest said, I can tell you that they're not stumped. They're continuing to review the law that's on the books and will continue to consult with legal 
authorities, but also others who may have ideas about what steps Obama can be ta- can take to keep guns out of the hands of criminals and American citizens, legal, law-abiding American citizens. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, the spokesman for Obama, the command, the commander in chief, and the spokesman, the uh, main liar, the liar and propagandist, the press press secretary, Josh Ernest, he couldn't he couldn't give any more details on what Obama's planning to do, what he's up to. However, he did, however, criticize what he called a gun show loophole that allowed criminals to buy guns. This so-called loophole, however, doesn't exist in most states, as buyers. At, at uh, shows, gun shows are required to fill out background check papers on the scene. Oftentimes, a loophole line is used to refer to private sellers and buyers as a means of making the case that universal background check mandates from the federal government are needed to ensure all sales in all states are subjected to the oversight of the federal government, of Congress, of Barack Hussein Obama Jr. and his ilk. You know, when somebody goes to a gun show and they fill out the, the, the paperwork and they run the little check and they get the gun, that doesn't mean that, they're that that's, they are that person. You, you people of America, wake the hell up. There's college cottage industries all over the United States supplying illegals with ID cards, driver's licenses, Insurance cards, birth certificates, marriage licenses, you name it. Social security numbers, you name it. Don't you think these people that want to go in and buy a gun from a gun show can't produce things like that? Walk out with a gun and disappear into the crowd and eventually use it as a holdup or whatever? Hell yes! How about cracking down on those cottage industries that provide all these illegal Documents for illegal aliens. How about cracking down on illegal aliens that are breaking into our country, raping our women, our children, our wives, our daughters? How about cracking down on them, Obama? How about shutting down the damn border, Obama? You Congress? How about that, you liberal, socialist, Marxist, progressives? Shut down the damn border! How about the MS-13 gangs? How about all the gangbangers that are in this country illegally? Threatening people, robbing people, raping people. Crack down on them! No, you go after Mr. and Mrs. Joe Sixpack. You go after the legal Americans, law-abiding Americans, who buy and purchase guns to protect themselves, their families, their treasure, their economy, their uh, businesses, their homes. That's who you go after because you know it's easy pickings. You know most Americans today... Won't stand up, but you're picking on the wrong crowd if you pick on the gun ownership crowd. You're picking on the wrong crowd if you think you're going to destroy or take away the Second Amendment, the right to arm we the people. You're picking on the wrong crowd. You know, ladies and gentlemen, every time something like this happens, Obama and his minions go after the national Rifle Association. They call Republicans puppets of the National Rifle Association. You know, I would really like to know all the idiosyncrasies and all the minute 
I mean down to the minute details of how Adolf Hitler convinced the people of Germany to give up their weapons. Oh, I know what it says in the, in the uh, whole uh, scheme of things as far as history goes on how he did it. I would want to know behind the doors, under under the cover of darkness, when Hitler met with his henchmen on how he was going, the plan, how he was going to convince um, uh, the German people to give their guns up without a whimper. How did he do it? What was the mindset of the German people at the time? What was Ob- what was Hitler able to cash in on as far as the attitudes and mindset of the German people at the time? What were they thinking about when they turned their weapons off over to Adolf Hitler? You know, I would like to get into the mind of liberals, in the mind of Obama and the DNC, and the Communist Democrat Party and progressives and all those people out there that advocate doing away with the Second Amendment, taking guns away from we the people who buy those guns to protect ourselves, our families, our businesses, our homes, our treasure. Just what is in their mind that tells them that once those guns are gone, everybody is going to be Okay, because the federal government is going to take care of us. Our state and local police will be there before the crime is enacted and protect us. How stupid, how sophomoric, how adolescent, how childish can these people be? I tell you how they can be that way. They look at the world through rose-colored glasses. They look at the world through the television screen. They look at the world through anything but the reality of what's going down in America and in the Western world. They do re- they do anything they can to block the reality out. And you know, I bet you a dollar, the majority of people that have children, not all but most, that have children and allow them to play video games where they get points for killing people, get points for killing cops, get points for killing other military folks, whatever, I bet the vast majority of those families are ran by a liberal household who would run away from a gun, run away from the military, run and hide. And when push come to shove where they need to be protected by a military or by a gun, they would scream bloody murder. Come save me. Save me now. I'm disarmed. I have no weapon. I gave that up a long time ago. Just like the folks did in Germany. And we all know what Hitler did. Save me. That day's coming. That day is coming. But like I said before, and I'll say it again before we go to break, Obama, people in your regime, Congress, you people on the left, you people that run and hide, scared to death of your own shadow, if you think that you're going to take and disarm the American people who believe in the Second Amendment, have guns to protect themselves and their families, go hunting with, etc., if you think that you're going to accomplish that, that is when I think the fireworks start. This is Gary Gatehouse. 
And we'll be back right after our voice with Ricky Rasmus's. We'll be right back. Next up is Ricky Rasmus's Our Voice, an exclusive report from South Africa via the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Here's Ricky. Hi there, Gary and the listeners to the Gary Gatehouse Show. It is Ricky with Our Voice from South Africa, and it's a pleasure to present to you information about South Africa. I would like to talk about the crime in South Africa, the basics. The South African Police Services released the crime statistics on the 30th of September 2015. The statistics shows a grim picture and it's not something to be proud of. I have been talking a lot about murders and more specifically four murders, but the statistics is not specific on this and we can really not trust the statistics on murders as it is is known that it is not properly reflected. The murder statistics is comparable to a country at war, according to a report on the statistics. The recently released statistics indicated that there were 17,805 recorded murders between April 2014 and March 2015. The Iraq war has claimed over 20,000 lives in 2014, and 14,000 people were killed in Afghanistan in 2014. South Africa, a country not at war, has had 17,805 people murdered one year. It is up from the previous year's figure of 16,213. Now the figure of 17,805 is almost 50 people murdered every single day. Now that is just horrendous. For the month of September alone, as at the 25th of September, 35 farm attacks has been reported, 10 farm murders and 3 possible farm attacks have been prevented. Despite these high instances of farm attacks and murders, our government does not make provision for prioritizing these crimes. I don't know if they hope that the public will forget about it or that it will create a big better picture, but it is incomprehensible that they can ignore an incident like this. Integrature published a report and a warning to citizens of South Africa and more specifically their insured and said that the crime statistics highlight an alarming increase in a number of crimes. It paints a concerning picture for the personal safety of South Africans. Lizette Rasmus, she's not family of mine, is the head of insurance expertise at Integra Shishir, and she says that the stats should serve as an important reminder to South Africans to take whatever measures possible to protect themselves and their property. It is important for South Africans and visitors to South Africa to be aware and vigilant at all times and ensure that they are protected. Some of the statistics like residential robberies where fear or force is used by criminals are among of the crimes that South Africans fear the most. It is a source of great concern that residential robberies have seen an increase of 5.2% for this year. The latest figures also show an increase in carjacking of 14.2%. Now that is where you can be on the road anywhere where we travel on daily basis, stopping at a robot at a stop street or next to the road and you will be hijacked in your vehicle. There's nothing really that you can 
do when you're in your vehicle to protect yourself, safe from making sure that your vehicle is locked and that you have a clear view of circumstances around you. But what can you do when you sit with a situation where a carjacker point a gun at you at your window and insist that you open the door or the window? That is what we are facing in South Africa. A young 19-year-old white male, Adrian Swanepoel, was attacked on the 26th of September in Bethlehem in the Free State by four black knifemen. He was cut, kicked and dragged off his bike. His father found the, um, his son an hour later in the field where the thugs just left him bleeding. Hours later, the police have not even arrived to investigate this incident. Now, Bethlehem is a small town and one should feel safe in that town if you look at the history of the town and the size of the town and the fact that it's not a city but this incident just show that you're not safe anywhere this young guy was not helped by the police or the ambulance the neighbors helped him to get to the hospital where he was sewn up and sent home another similar incident happened in Tabazambi, again a small town where a white female was killed and shortly thereafter a mother and her daughter from the all days district was accosted by thugs while traveling in their car they were thrown with stones but they managed to get away this happened on a farm in the all days district and the mother and her daughter was on their way home after the restaurant on the farm has closed down these type of incidents happen on a daily basis and it's really very important that one should be vigilant at all times and be aware of your surroundings the statistics also highlighted a increase in robbery with aggravating circumstances of eight 0.5% and common robbery has increased by 2.7%. Truck hijackings has risen by 29.1%. And this necessitates greater security measures to be put in place by truck and fleet owners in order to protect their drivers as well as their cargo. And you can think about the resultant costs of these measures that the citizens of South Africa has to incur. Erasmus further stated that with the rate of crime and particularly theft, you have to make sure that your car and your household contents are covered by a comprehensive insurance policy. The chances of you being a victim of crime is just too high not to consider having proper insurance. The cost of being robbed can be crippling and being properly insured is the most effective way to avoid that kind of financial distress. She further advised citizens to take a few basic steps which will greatly minimize the risk of crime occurring and even individuals with minimal resources should be able to implement these. Awareness is some of the most important ways to prevent crime and ensure safety of homes, cars and residents. It is known that criminals take advantage of situations where the surrounding communities seem unconcerned and inattentive. If you're constantly and openly aware, it can prove to be a major deterrent to these type of crime. The measures may not eradicate crime altogether, Erasmus said, but it's good to observe 
some of the below precautions which can significantly increase the safety and well-being of a home and its residents. Now, I wonder if visitors to South Africa are warned about this by travel agencies or do they read up to see what's going on here and what they must be looking out for. The precautions that one can take at your home is perimeter fencing should be present as a first and major barrier to entry. You should encourage a culture of keeping doors and security gates locked at all times. Keep a minimal amount of cash in the house. Make sure to keep plants and trees around the property neat and trim to ensure clear visibility. Install lights to properly illuminate any dark pathways and outdoor areas. Follow the local council and policing newsletters and ask to be kept abreast of any happenings in the area. Now I must say our neighborhood watch is very helpful in this instance. We have broadband radios and one is alerted to all the incidents in your area and you are also warn about suspicious people and or vehicles in the area. But if you do not have this, then it's a problem because then you may live in the dark. She also warned that one should take out background checks on potential employees before hiring them. Many incidents in houses and in businesses are a result of inside information being passed on by staff members. It is actually scary to think about that. When you have a staff member that leave your employee, you should make sure you collect their keys and change combinations to security features such as safes and alarms. In the event of a burglary or suspicion person entering, loitering around your house, train staff and family members to make note of features such as height, ethnicity, clothing, hair color, etc. as this information is vital for the police investigation should they be necessary. But I have to make a remark here that the police does not really look for these people anymore these days. If they do not happen to stumble into them or if they do not hand themselves over to the police, the possibility of them being caught is very slim. One should also hire a reputable security company with a proven track record of positive results for households. This may include the provisions of security guards on site, CCTV monitoring, alarm systems, roaming armed response vehicles, and you have to make sure that a clear and prominent sign is displayed outside your property stating that these measures are in place and that these systems are regularly for the effectiveness. Vehicle precautions. Install tracking devices in your vehicles. Ensure that you are aware of and know the major hijacking hotspots in your area and try to avoid these. Ensure that your car is properly locked before walking away to mitigate the risk of car jamming or make use of an anti jamming device. This is another big problem, especially at malls or wherever you park your car in the street. You should not trust the automatic locking system because they use these anti they use the jamming devices so that your automatic locking system does not work. You think your car is locked and then the criminals come and empty your car of all your valuables. Further advice is to install anti-smash and grab glass. You might say that this is good advice and that the reasonable person will take these precautions, but I do not think so. People are very laid back 
until something happened to them. And they will not take these precautions. And even when they take them, it is at a very high cost. If one takes into account that we pay taxes to be protected by our police or metro police or government officials, and you must still spend all this money on perimeter walls, alarm systems, armed response, weapons, anti-smash and gram, you can think what it costs a citizen in South Africa to safeguard against these criminals. I only wish that we can have a situation like 25 years ago where we had peace and quiet, the crime was very low and there was no problem to have high perimeter walls. You could roam the streets without fear of being a victim of crime. It is not only one-to-one crime that is a problem in South Africa. We also have a problem with strikes, violent strikes. And the Limpopo Premier, Stan Matabata, raised his concern that protests in Limpopo are becoming more violent and both public and private property is vandalized. He warned the strikers that it will not be tolerated and additional police officers were deployed in large parts of the province in August. The problem is that the strikers have no ears, it appears to me. Several areas in Limpopo looked almost like war zones, where angry residents blocked the roads with burning tires and large concrete pipes, road signs were destroyed and shops were looted. Major violence erupted in Maripong outside Alice Ross or Lepalali and protesters burned 20 buses, a satellite police station, a municipal office and a portion of a library. The reason why they went on this strike was because they want to work at the Medupi power station. Another group whose contracts expired at Medupi and are now unemployed are angry about this. Roads were blocked and several workers struggled to get to work. Violence also erupted in Zebedelia outside Mokopani, Potritus when residents set fires at two schools. Lieutenant Colonel Malisela Ledwaba, the police spokesman for Limpopo, said the officers at the schools were destroyed and it is not even clear what the arsonists are dissatisfied about. The police had to gather quickly when demonstrators blocked roads near the Anglo-American Platinum's Moja La Cuena mine. Residents that want to work at the mine are unhappy because a school had to be moved so that mining operations could continue. The angry protesters set light to a potato truck on the N11 leading to the Botswana border at Groblesburg. Mr. Sema, the communications manager of the South African Association of Local Government, has condemned the violence. People should stop damaging municipal facilities, he says. It does not make sense. Well, no person in his right mind can think how you can burn down your schools, your libraries, your police station, your municipal offices and expect that it should be built up again for you. Sema further said to burn municipal properties, vandalism and public violence that can lead to criminal charges. It is the same as burning down your own house and furniture because you are angry about something. But the problem that we sit with is is that the police do not arrest these people. Or if they arrest them, they don't know who committed the arson or who damaged the property. And these people are just released again. And then we have another form of crime, which is also very prevalent, and that is taxi violence. A rival taxi group blocked the N1 North outside Polokwane en route to Louis Trichard. Six taxis were damaged when stones were thrown at them and a car was set alight and the traffic was backed up for several kilometers. And these strikes were only in the Limpopo province 
and Polokwane area, but there were also strikes in other areas. In the Nalspreit area, learners from two black schools went to a white school and caused havoc there, attacked the white pupils at the school and caused damage to that school. Another area which is cause for concern is the crime in malls. The police requested that people be made aware of possible robberies while shopping in large centres as the silly season has started. The police requested that people be on the lookout and ladies must clutch their bags and keep their eyes wide open when shopping and all approaching their cars. Never leave your bag on top of your purchases in the shopping trolley or dangling from the trolley en route to your car. This creates opportunities for the criminals who exploit these opportunities to carry out their evil deeds. A British resident were the victim of a horrendous house robbery on the 21st of September in the Randfontein area. He was held by knife point by a suspect while the two other robbers robbed his home. He said he was living in this house for 32 years and it was about 12.55 past midday when the incident occurred. He was on the way to watch the news when a man grabbed him from behind, pushed him to the floor and held a knife to his throat. The robber then warned him that if he moves or tries pushing any panic buttons, he will slit his throat. A blanket was pulled over his head so that he cannot identify the robber, and the other two robbers then took the safe, which had to be broken out, and they also took the television. When they left, they hit him in the face with the metal part of a pickaxe, and they left and went to their car where another suspect was waiting for them. Knight pressed the panic button. EPR and CPF sector shortly arrived on the scene. He explained that the suspects were wearing balaclavas and gloves during the incident. The one spoke very good English, and the robbery spanned over a couple of minutes, maybe five, he said. His gate was opened by a pickaxe, and the house was left in disarray. Coffee tables were thrown over and the bedroom left in shambles. The safe that they took contained his British passports. He commended the police for being very thorough and quick. The worrying thing is that this poor man was also targeted four months ago. He had a housebreaking um, where he changed his locks and he just dealt with the damage caused by the uh, housebreaking and now he had this robbery again. He was in the Navy for 12 years and traveled around the world twice over and said this incident will not get him down in any way. He was still positive. Now that is commendable. Another incident of carjacking that happened in Rakpen in the Gauteng area. A male was traveling on the road at 6.30 in the evening on his way home from work. said he was standing stationary at a traffic light waiting for the robot to turn green when he felt a gun against his throat and a voice that said, open your doors. He unlocked the car doors and the hijackers then jumped into the passenger side and hit him on the face with something that he believed was a gun. He passed out from the heavy blow and woke up in front of a primary school around seven. He was helped by a person living opposite the school. Luckily, he was not seriously injured. In a separate incident in Mayfair, CCTV footage showed a group of suspected fake police officers hijacking a car at a traffic light. This happened on July the 30th. The suspect vehicle pulled in front of 
the victim's car at a traffic light. Three suspects got out and one of them is seen approaching the passenger seat and seemingly produced some sort of identification. The victim was ordered to the suspect's vehicle while another suspect drove off in the victim's car. Now this is also a very common occurrence these days that people wear police uniforms and have cars marked looking like police cars and then it's fake. On the 18th of September, two elderly people were robbed in their house in Krugerstorp which is just um, 10 kilometers away from me, happened on a calm Friday afternoon. The couple was tied up in their house by armed black attackers. The wife was asleep while her husband ran errands. She woke up to one of the attackers already on top of her and was later tied up. The attackers then waited for her husband to return home. As soon as he entered the home, the attackers held him down and tied him up. They ended up taking valuables, including two cell phones, and fled in the couple's Toyota Prado. The man was tended to by Netcare for a stab wound and was taken to hospital where he received further treatment. Also in September, a white male was chased by armed black youths on the Mosenberg beach. He managed to escape after jumping into the icy ocean. Mr. Barron, a 38-year-old teacher, said he was taking a leisurely stroll along a quieter stretch of the beach. Three black boys, who looked to be between 12 and 15 years old, ran towards him and pulled out large knives. Barron said he ran in the opposite direction, but he was faster than he was, and he realized he wasn't going to get anywhere, and he turned into the sea after a few meters. The boys followed him along the shore as he made his way towards a more populated area, wading in knee-deep water. After a short while, one of them took off his clothes and tried to follow him into the sea. Baron then went further out to waist-deep water, and that stopped the thug from following him. Baron had a bag with him with a camera and other belongings slung around his shoulder, and the boys sent on for him to get out of the sea. But he continued walking like that for half a kilometer or even a kilometer, and there was nobody on the beach to assist him. Eventually, the boys gave up following him, and he got out of the water. He said he was so in shock and he could hardly breathe. He was warned by the Musenberg Community Police Forum chairperson, Frank Brockhaus, that beach attacks happen regularly. He attends weekly crime meetings and it is regarded as a hotspot. Now that is very disturbing if you think that the beach is there to relax, to enjoy, and then you have these incidences. The nature of the situation is that a person can escape into the dunes in a few seconds and a robbery can occur within 30 seconds. Then he said it's also the public's responsibility to walk in groups and not to be careless with their belongings. But that I think is ridiculous. Why should you be curtailed to walk freely in your country, on your beach, in your streets? If it was not for social media, we would not have been aware of these problems and we would not have been a uh, afforded the opportunity to take precautionary measures. Now listeners may think that it's only the white people that complains about the problems to show you that it is not that there is a daily awakening amongst blacks as well and i have two opinions that i want to share with you the one is sipo nisi who says the anc have a pact with demons never in the history of south africa have there been so much conspiracies lies and deception as these days 
Everything today in this country is based on personal gain, propaganda, mass hypnosis and false pretensions, where majority of liberal ANC cardholders and radical scoundrels are trying to swindle their way through the maze of corruption, thievery, nepotism, crime and killings from the top of the corrupt presidency that advocated racism, oppression and bribery to the bottom of the thieving ward, councillors and supporters. How on earth can a single country become so evil all at the same time, thanks to the communist puppets, ANC and rampant union bosses who advocate chaos and illicit operations in the public sector workforce. This is not democracy. It is a democracy. And the enlightened good citizens must stop this madness. Now one cannot fault this opinion of Sipo Nisi. Another gentleman, Joseph Marco Nunes, described himself as not your typical black person. I assume that he is a Portuguese person and he refers to his green up during apartheid where they were referred to as Donker Eitlanders or Kaffirs. His opinion is that the African National Congress create a legacy of laziness and together with his post on Facebook he had a picture of the parliament where 70% of the parliamentarians were lying back in their seats and half of them look fast asleep. He mentions that even though in apartheid things were not so good for blacks or Portuguese, he can say one thing at least, that when you went to a post office, traffic department, municipal building, you were served by competent people that knew their jobs and were at work to work. Now it's just the KFC brigade that wastes people's time, black and whites and everything in between. It clearly is the ANC legacy of doing as little as possible for as long as possible. We are represented by lazy idiots in government. And another person, Simon Napi, a black male, states, ANC continue oppressing the people that promised to free. Truth be told, apartheid has not left us because of the ANC. The ANC has oppressed us more than the National Party ever did. Now it is with concern and also a little bit of hope that I've read the reports on the Oregon shooting in America, the Russian bombing of Syria and the attitude of President Putin of Russia. I'm quite concerned about the attitude of President Obama when he dealt with this Oregon shooting. Apparently he decried the Oregon mass shootings and then made a 10-minute plea to take away America's guns. How is that going to stop the problem? What is really concerning me is the fact that Obama, two days earlier at the United Nations, gave a speech where he warned that intolerance towards Islam would not be tolerated. But then when Christians were targeted and killed for being Christian, he said nothing on their behalf. So it's a clear message to the entire country that Christians neither deserve nor will receive any special protection as Christians. Now, are you going to accept that? Christians are targeted, and especially by Islam. Now, apparently, Putin came strongly for Christians after the foreign relation chief of the Russian Orthodox Church presented evidence and 
statistics that stated every five minutes one Christian was dying for his or her faith in some part of the world. Now people, if one look at what's going on around the world, I can only say Amen. Christians must stand up and we must stop this situation. Thank you for listening and have a great evening. Thank you, Ricky. And you can hear Our Voice with Ricky Rasmussen, an exclusive report from South Africa, every week on the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. You know, ladies and gentlemen, before we close the show today, I've got to bring this up to your attention. An all-time low, an all-time low of only 7% of the American people say they have a great deal of trust in the mainstream media. 7% of the American people say they have somewhat of a trust in the mainstream media. A Gallup poll released yesterday shows that an all-time low of 7% of Americans say they have a great deal of trust and confidence in the media. At the other end of the spectrum, a record high of 24% say their trust and confidence in the media is none, zero, nada. The combined 60% who say they have either no trust in the media or not very much trust in the media also matches an all-time high here in the United States of America. Now, Gallup poll since 1972 has periodically asked that question. In general, they ask, how much trust and confidence do you have in the mass media, such as newspapers, TV, and radio, when it comes to reporting the news fully, accurately, and fairly? A great deal, a fair amount, not much, or none at all. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, we the people of the United States, we know what's going on. We know what's going on with the so-called mainstream media. And as Gary Gatehouse coined a phrase a long time ago to describe them on my radio show, Pravda West, the propaganda arm of Congress and the Communist Democrat Party. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, it has gone down to a point, as far as confidence goes, registering on the confidence scale, if you will, that most Americans today do not trust the mainstream ma- mainstream media whatsoever. But it's also a fact that Democrats are more likely than Republicans or conservatives or independents to have trust and confidence in the media. More Democrats. Why? Because the mainstream media is same-same as Democrats. Same-same. They're all socialist. The Democrats lie. The media lies. The Democrats spin and take truth and makes it into a lie and takes lies and makes it into the truth. Same, same, the mainstream media. The mainstream media gets its talking points every day from the DNC. We know that. And I'm not leaving out Fox News either. They are right there with them, most of them. But you know what? This survey also showed that younger Americans are less likely than older Americans to have trust and confidence in the media. Among Americans 18 to 49, only 36% said they have a great deal or a fair amount of trust and confidence in the media. Among Americans 50 or older, only 45% said they had a great trust or a fair amount of uh, trust in the media. Now, this survey interviewed about uh, 1,000-plus U.S. residents, 18 or older, 
and it was conducted way back in September, September 9th through 15th. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, these types of polls, not just ran by Gallup but others, have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that the mainstream media does not speak for the American people anymore. The mainstream media is not a news reporting service anymore. It's a propaganda arm of the Communist Democrat Party and an entertainment arm of most people in America, the majority of the people who just don't give a damn what they hear as long as it's good news. And if it's bad news, how it reflects on the conservative Christian people of the country. Most of the people in this country don't have time to listen to anything but the good stuff that the news prints or puts out on television. Most people in America today are adults or children in adults' clothes. They gave the responsibility of being responsible uh, responsible and all-knowing about what their government is doing and saying. They gave that responsibility away to Congress and to the mainstream media. Those two entities now make up the minds, make up all that the majority of Americans buy into today when it comes to how they formulate an opinion, how they formulate an idea or a response to a certain issue. They let the mainstream media do it for them. They let Congress do it for them. We'll take care of all your responsibilities. You just go have a good time. And oh, by the way, every two years and every four years, don't forget to report uh, to vote for Democrat. A Democrat, wherever it may be, dog catcher, whatever. They take care of you. They make sure that you have the lifestyle you want. Carefree, all seen through rose-colored glasses. Nothing's going to harm you. We are going to take care of it all. We're going to take care of your kids. If you're a single mom, if you're living in the ghetto, we're going to continue to tell you lies and give you hope that will never come, but you buy into it anyway. Because as far as we're concerned, all you folks, the majority of Americans, are a bunch of uninformed, misinformed, I don't give a damn dolts, and we've got you where we want you. That's the way it is in America today. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be talking to you Friday. Until then, good day. Trouble, and I got a 